0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Giving Starts With You podcast. Thank you so much for joining us again today. Um, And yeah, and for supporting the message on this show. You know, we have lots of wonderful, wonderful guests with so many impactful things uh, to say and to teach. And they come on here and they trust me with the show. And I cannot um, say, say enough about those people. And Chris, Chris has become my friend. So Chris is just an amazing, an amazing, inspiring gentleman who's doing crazy, crazy things. Um, hi Chris, welcome to the show. How are you?
1: Doing, doing great, doing fantastic. Thanks for that intro. Um, yeah, doing great, and uh, congratulations on the show. Keeping it going, keeping it rocking, keeping the inspiration, and encouragement. The guests have just been—I I listen to it, folks. I listen to it every week. Um, it's usually during my workouts is when I listen to podcasts. And so every Monday, Thursday, I know I get to hear Nelia and I get to hear her guest. And then of course, her solo episodes are always so uplifting, encouraging. And, and just, uh, you know, we, when we were talking before we, we started here, uh, I just, I made the comment and I truly mean this about Nelia and everyone you've had on and uh, the community that you've built is incredible people do incredible things. And that's what we've got to do to keep this world going. So.
0: Oh, Chris, you always have so many nice things and supportive things to say. Thank you. So I'm just gonna let you guys know a little bit more about Chris. Um, Chris is the co founder of Eagle Fire Enrichment. uh, Which is um, okay, we need to talk about this. So he is also a husband, a father of three, a leadership coach, an inspirational speaker and a retired firefighter. Okay, so he's amazing already, right? Well, Chris has been on the show before. Um, If you haven't heard his episode, his episode is episode 32. So he was one of my very first guests. Um, So grateful that he's back. And his episode back then was why you should never use the word can't. So very powerful. If you haven't heard it, I do encourage you to go back and listen to it. Um, Chris uses the word can't and why can't never did. So a little bit about Chris. At the age of 10, Chris was told by his dad and his stepmother that he wasn't expected to succeed in life and that he wouldn't amount to anything. These are tough words for anybody to hear, Um, but even as a young boy, he did not believe this. He uh, He spoke candidly in our last episode about his life, his obstacles, and all the things that he has conquered. But despite him feeling rejected when someone gave him an identity that he wasn't worth it, Chris has soared like an eagle. Mm. And honestly, his his personality, I mean, look at him. You can see his heart right through the screen. He is such a giving gentleman. And today um, I'm excited because we're gonna be talking about something that we both, Chris and I both, um, you know, it really means a lot to us. And it's about giving. So I know that um, Chris is going to talk to us a little bit about who he is and about some of the things that he's experienced through his life as well, through giving. So Chris, I'm excited. Let's get started and take it away. This is you. (laughs)
1: Yeah. So giving, um, when we, when we can give, a lot of people think giving is just giving back. Um, I just forgot the name of the movie but it was based, uh, it was called Pay It Forward, if I remember right. And it started with a young, a young person who wanted to create, and if I remember right, this is based on a true story, but wanted to create opportunities where it wasn't just about giving back. See, when I got my Eagle Scout, you're given this charge. Um, There's a challenge, a charge, and an oath. And all of them center upon this understanding of, the, there's the old quote, when given much, much must be given. Mm, Love that. But when it, when it starts with you, it doesn't always have to be just because I was given something I have to give back. So many times I feel like we get trapped in this um, vortex of, oh, if someone gave me something, I have to give back. And then it becomes this forced attitude that loses its authenticity. And when we are, if we are truly vulnerable in life and in what we do and in what we create and in what we can give, I feel like the world does truly become this, this brighter place. Um when I was given that charge as the Eagle Scout, I was asked. Um, a few years later, why I was still involved in the Boy Scouts. Oh, you got your eagle. you're 18. You don't have to do this. I said, you know what? I was given a lot, but I will never give enough back. Hmm. And what I mean by that is I don't want to get trapped in that vortex of, I have to do this instead of I get to do this. I love when we have to do it and we feel forced. Yeah. We, we get caught in just, it just, there's no joy in it. And in giving there has to be joy. Um, When it's joyful giving more people want to get involved, more opportunities get created, more hearts are found because it's truly authentic. It's truly vulnerable. Um, When I look at like your son, Uh, Folks, if, if this is the first time you're hearing this, go back and listen to the episode with her son, because you hear the heart of a young man on this amazing trip in an amazing place with amazing people, which is all around the world, but this is specifically in Guatemala, and he just said, Mom, I think we need to do more. Um, I I, I raise my kids with that that same attitude. And when I coach people, especially leaders, leaders are givers. Okay, there, there's so many definitions of a leader, but when you give as a leader, you are not just creating a following, you are creating other leaders. And so when it's from the heart, when it's authentic, even if you don't have the title, rank, or position which you don't need, you don't have to have that to be a leader because as a giver, when you give of yourself wholeheartedly, you, you're fulfilling what Christ called us to do. Go out and make disciples, love one another, love God, love others. It's just, it, that's, there we go. It's love. Giving is love. And when we have that for one another, when we have that for people who don't normally get that it changes the world. And it doesn't, the reason why I, I, I don't want to get caught in this, I have to vortex trap is because your giving doesn't have to have a specific title. Okay. It doesn't have to just be a money. I haven't always had the money to give, mm-hmm. but you know what? God blessed me with a pair of legs and a pair of hands in arms that I could do a lot of work with, which we can talk more about that here in a little bit. Uh, God has gifted me the ability to talk and speak life into people. The stuff I do on my social media, I just do it because that's, I wake up that day and go, "Hmm, I feel like this is what needs to be said. This is what God has called me to tell everyone. And I I don't do that because I feel like I have to, or to necessarily promote myself. It's just because I've had random people who quite honestly, I didn't know were following me or didn't remember that we are, you know, specifically friends on Facebook, obviously we're friends, but I never can remember who all has it, who doesn't. I've had people randomly come to into, Hey, you remember what you said two weeks ago? Refresh my memory. And you know, this really just like, my day was just done. I was a wreck and I listened to your video at 10 o'clock in the morning. Changed everything. And it's like, okay. So that's, that's simple. And that's free. That's, that's free for me. That's free for you uh, because it's, it's just giving. I know other people who aren't able because they're so busy working. They're not able to just go and do a project or a, a soup kitchen day or help rebuild a park, but they have the money. And so they write a check, but they do it from the heart. They're not doing it because they have to. I've seen random people go, hey, uh, this is back when I was running my old youth group. We had a need and I had, uh, it was an elderly couple who they wanted to be able to go on the mission trip with us. Couldn't go. And they said, we want to do something. What can we do to help? Now keep in mind, they had already been to all our fundraisers. Mm -hmm. They'd already bought the different things that we sold and been to our dinners and things like that. I said, I've got two kids who they can't financially afford. We're trying to get the scholarship and everything. So they said, done, done. And they didn't need a thank you card. They didn't need to be announced at the front of the church. They didn't want to. We still wrote them a thank you card anyways, but, but I had two kids who we were really trying to figure out because budgets were tight everywhere, even within, you know, my, my youth group account, we were trying to figure it out. Next thing I know, they wrote a check for both kids to get to go.
0: Changed their life completely.
1: Changed their life. And then they got to do something like they, they had never been out of our city here. They'd never been out of the city and here I got to take them to a whole nother state.
0: Oh, wow.
1: Got to take them to restaurants. They would have never been able to go to and places uh, that they'd get to see and things like that, because normally they wouldn't have got to do that. So
0: it opens up so many things, imagination. It opens up so many opportunities for them. That's, that's incredible. I love that story. You know, I love that you're talking about giving genuinely because there's so many, when you don't give, um, when you give because you feel like you have to, so many things go wrong, you know, like the people that you're helping, they know it. They sense it. It doesn't make them feel like you care about them. It doesn't make you, them feel that your heart is in the right place. And maybe they don't even want to accept it because they know it's not coming from the right place, you know, and you're right. I think the biggest thing you can give is your time. People associate giving with money and it's so not about money. No. No. You know, you can create a project and get fundraising from people who have the money to give, but somebody has to come up with the idea. Somebody has to want to do it, roll up your sleeves and, and get it done. You know, can't never did right, Chris.
1: That's exactly right. I, you know, and when we have that attitude, um, it, it becomes an attitude of gratitude. Mm -hmm. When you joyfully give, when it's authentic and vulnerable, you are more fulfilled you truly see and know the good that 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 comes with that. And so what do we do now? Well, we turn the good into great. Greatness will come in this. I love talking. It, always, it always does.
0: <laughs> I just love it it.
1: <laughs> it. it builds pressure. Well, your ukulele project. Uh, I have a friend of mine at church who plays the ukulele. And I was like, oh my gosh. And then... I forgot until recently our church actually goes to Guatemala for a different project.
0: Awesome.
1: And I was like, okay, there's something to this. I need to figure it out. Well, I the uh so uh I always turn the ukulele up because I love it. I love that instrument. I, I don't know, like after I saw your project and everything, I was like, Okay, I need to learn oh, so... this. And it's important. but ironically enough, uh uh the person who plays it, I had it cranked up that day because I run the sound for our youth group, praise band. And uh we joke that it doesn't always get turned up. And she's like, I love it when you're back there. Well, then there was a uh, a photo on Facebook and then I photoshopped it because it showed like something else being turned way up. So I hand wrote uh, ukulele over it and taped it over it and sent it to everybody and they laughed. Well, then we got to talk and I said, hey, I said, just out of curiosity, I said, I've got a friend of mine, me Nelia. I said, have you ever heard the ukulele project? She looked at me, she goes, oh my gosh, I love that project. Wow this is here in kansas she's like yeah i've heard of it it's in guatemala i was like uh i was
0: oh on her podcast. my podcast. touches my heart so much yeah
1: know? and so i got her i got her our episode and and uh haven't this was fairly recently and i've been gone so i haven't really had a chance to reconnect with her on everything but you know it's but it's the simplicity of seeing your joy through facebook and instagram with your travel live give um project and the ukulele project and and hearing your son's passion in that and then being able to express that myself and then for someone else who is just one of the most radiant people on planet earth go i know all about that oh that's that 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 shrinks our world down to a level where we can all get together you know if someone hears oh guatemala i i don't know if i could travel there i don't Yeah, I don't know. And I just don't have the money and things like that. Okay. So offer prayers, offer support, share it on Facebook, Mm. talk to your friends about it. Just because you can't doesn't mean someone else can't. So ultimately, what does that say? We can, we can, we are connected in such a way in this, in this world and in this society that it is easier to give than we've ever realized. we have to open ourselves up to that opportunity
0: and even just come up with your own idea like the reason why I came up with that project was because music saved my life Mm. music and giving to others so I built something around that idea Um, I had to fundraise for it I could not afford to pay for all the instruments myself but it was an idea so like you're saying um, you know there's so many ways that you can do this right Um, another thing we have in common sound so I used to be a recording engineer that was my mm. my job. So, and you do your 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 youth group. So that's I, awesome. I wouldn't
1: call. I, I wouldn't call myself an engineer it's so funny i I know enough to get myself in trouble so um <laughs> but the nice thing is everyone else in my church is very patient about it uh, one of our uh, one of our our worship pastor actually is is just a genius with all that <laughs> there's times he'll walk over and just kind of kindly push me out of the way and take over and then there's times he's up on the mic and one day he goes uh, Chris do you know how to change? My low frequency on the mic, and I went, I know how to turn you up. So I'm not that good. Um, but uh no, I, I appreciate love that, that you're doing um,
0: all that work in your church. That's amazing. Giving well, it. but that's
1: it's giving. And and I just it, are there times that I get tired, are there times where I'm just like, I don't know if I can keep going? And and then you know, something happens where I get refreshed because when we give, when you give much, much will be given to you. And so when you're doing that, one, don't do it out of place of expectation. That gets you back into the vortex. That gets you. In a, well, okay, if I do this, then I'll get that. Mm-hmm. That's not necessarily true. And For when you people. get stuck in that, yeah. when you get stuck in that, you miss what you were given. And I don't want to miss an opportunity. I don't want to miss what I could be given, even if it's something as simple of someone coming up and saying, Hey, thanks for running sound today. Like if you hadn't been over there, I, you know, yeah, we'd have figured it out, but it just takes so much stress off of us. And I mean, for me, it's just fixing a couple switches and I leave it alone. I mean, it's not, it's not a big deal. So, um, yeah, it just don't, I guess my whole point is don't put it on such a pedestal that you get caught in the can't vortex. Mm. There is something you can do, like with you. It started as an idea. That's how everything starts. But like Thomas Edison says, some of us don't realize how close we were to success until we gave up. Mm. I don't want to do that either. Prince EA has an amazing YouTube video called The Graveyard. Yes. What's the richest place on planet Earth? It's the graveyard. Why? Because that's where ideas have gone to die in a very literal sense because either a we were ignored so one folks don't ignore an idea or two we feel ignored so we don't speak up we don't start with the idea we don't push the project we don't work on the fundraising if I could cut a check for everything I was a part of I would do it Hmm. right now that's not necessarily the case so what do I do I get my hands dirty in ways I can uh one project I did uh you said you wanted to talk about different trips I've been a part of absolutely we uh We had a major tornado in Kansas uh, 10 or so years ago, destroyed a town and we went a year later to help. I had just had both my knees cut on and cleaned out. I was on crutches for this trip. I mean, I was literally one day from the cutoff of the doctor saying you can't travel and I was still able to go. I couldn't write a check back then, which that wasn't what we were there to do. I couldn't help rebuild houses. I couldn't cut up trees. What was I able to do? I was able to drive. So I drove water around town to people.
0: Oh, that's great.
1: I just drove water around. I checked on people with my first aid background. If there was someone getting dehydrated, if they cut themselves, there were still things I could do even while leaning on crutches.
0: But Chris, just to stop you for a second, you said, I just drove water around.
1: Oh, it was more than that. It was hotter than that (laughs) it was so bad.
0: You know, you did something great. So don't put the word "just" in there because that makes it small, and it's not a small thing.
1: Well, no, it's not, and, and I'm glad you said that because I mean that that to put it in that perspective. When I say "just," like, yes, it was a, a very strong component of what needed to be done that day. Mm. Um, but at the same time, when I say "just," I also want to hone in on the fact the "just." Is what your assignment is. Yeah, I'm just there to build a house. We had a 90 year old man with us mm-hmm. who ran circles around everybody out there, mm-hmm. building a wall that they said couldn't be built. Literally stood there and built a wall that said it couldn't be built with three high school boys. He was just there to build a wall. You know, so uh, yeah, when I say just, I, I don't mean that in a in a in a demeaning factor there. So for those of you that that are thinking that or well I'm just able to do this or well I can't play an instrument and I can't sing, okay, learn to run sound or be the person out in the crowd that's jumping up and down, be the hype person. You know what whatever that is, if it's just this could be one of the biggest best things that could be done because quite honestly if I hadn't been driving around that water Mm -hmm. we might have had way more people dehydrated because the only people got dehydrated the ones refusing to drink the water i brought around so
0: and the only reason i said that was because i used to use the same word with my project so Mm. i was on a podcast and people were like what do you mean you just brought music (laughs) you You brought life and then i was thinking yeah i made them forget those kids that they were hungry for a few hours i you know Mm. it's more than that so that's why when you said that it just reminded me and that's why i had to point it out because sometimes we think the things that we do are so trivial, but to mm-hmm. the person that's thirsty and is about to have a heat stroke and can't continue, you were a lifesaver. So I just wanted to point that out. I'm sorry. to interrupt. Yeah,
1: no, 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 that was good. I'm glad you did. Cause I hadn't really thought of that, about it from that perspective. So for any of you that are out there using just throw it out, kind of like can't mm-hmm. throw it out. You are doing more than than could ever be done because if I hadn't done it, I don't know that anyone else would have. And I saved. You know, now I'm now I'm starting to tally up the points on this. Saved people from having to leave the project to go get water, um, you know. And and some of it was it was water given to people who didn't have any water. They didn't bring any with them or didn't bring enough with them. And we had a we had a surplus that we were able to use from to help out project workers to help out those that still lived there, those that were in need. And so yeah, thank you. I'm actually.
0: Yeah. And water is totally
1: life. changed that sermon.
0: Yeah. Cause water is life because bringing that water, like I'm just thinking of the heat and the work and the 90 year old man. And you know, honestly, like maybe it wouldn't have gone as far as it did if people couldn't have continued. So thank you.
1: Good point. Good point.
0: See <laughs>
1: what happens. So, yeah, so, you know, but it, it just, it's also, um, Yeah, to kind of stick with the just thing, another mission trip we did was, um, oh, I just forgot the name of the project. It's a shoe project, but they don't just take in donations of shoes. They actually take them over to third world countries and they set up a shop. And before anyone thinks, oh, so wait a minute, they're taking you shoes and selling them over there, making money. No, 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 no. They set up a shop and teach others how to become entrepreneurs, Mm. their local community. The missionaries that are there are not doing it to make money for themselves. They can do plenty of that over here, um, where we are fortunate enough to to have the resources we do. They actually go teach them. And they not only do that with the shoes, they take the shoes. And what our job was, and what we did for four days, was separate them. Mm. They had uh, bins. There was an A, B, C, D bin. Grade A was basically said this shoe's still practically brand new. It's just got some grass stains on it. Kid outgrew it, or I don't know, maybe didn't like the shoe and just wanted it gone. And yeah. Um, B was, eh, it's a little roughed up. There's no holes in it. C was, um, you know, this pair of shoes probably got a good couple months on it. And then D was, we just got to get rid of them. Um, they're just, I mean, they might, they'd might. they be better off barefoot still um, if that's the case of, of how they're walking. Um, but they take those over there. So not only are they providing a resource of a product, it's so much more than that. It's a ministry. It teaches entrepreneurship. They actually have to run the shop. Yeah. And they don't just go, okay, here, put the grade A's in the, this amount of dollar pile and the grade B's in this amount. No, it's here's how you track your revenue. Here's how you determine what the quality of the shoe is. Here's, uh, you know, if you've got someone that's really got a barter with you or you've got someone who, you know, they just don't have the money, but need the shoe. Here's how you handle this. Mm-hmm. Um, but it continues that giving oh, yeah. spirit. Great. And so, you know, and this was this was with high school youth group, high school, middle school youth groups, ages. And, you know, it, when we first walked in there, um, I, I I know the thought. I don't remember if anyone said it, but it's like, this is what we're going to do for a week. We're just going to separate shoes. And, and not even thinking about it from the perspective of, well, one, they're always relying on volunteers because it's, it's a nonprofit. So it's not like they have 100 employees to separate the shoes. The employees they have have to be working with the missionaries that are out in the field. They've got to be seeing where the shoes are going to go. They got to make sure things are being done correctly. So not only are we saving them all of that, we're also getting something done. and so to help keep a positive attitude, I turned it into a competition. <laughs> I asked the organizer I asked the organizer. I said, "Hey, I said I got a question for you." And uh, they said, "What's that?" I said, what's the, what's the uh, biggest amount of boxes done in one day?" And uh, they looked at me and I said, "You know they said I said, "You keep a tally somewhere. Don't tell me you don't because I know I'm not the only one that's thought of this." And uh, one of the gentlemen started laughing. He goes, no, you're not the only one. He goes, the record is, I don't know what to say, 11. I said, I bet we do 14. Whatever, I, I, I shot it up there and told the kids. I pulled them aside. I said, you guys know what you're doing? Yeah. I said, okay. I said, I just threw down the gauntlet. They said, what's that? I said, we're going to gonna—we're—we're gonna push so hard. We're going to beat the record by four or five boxes. The kids surpassed that. They actually beat what I said. And But the thing is... And these were kids I didn't even know. Uh, The the group that we were with, it actually mixed up the entire mission group. So we were from all different states, and then they basically put you in a hat, shook up the names, and said, okay, you got to have the right amount of adults to student ratio. But I had kids from different states in my group. My kids didn't necessarily go with me. And we did we turned it into this competition but the joy of it was was they all had such a giving spirit it wasn't just about beating the record it was about seeing how much of this can we clear out so they can bring in the next set so more can be done how much more can we do so more outside of us can get done
0: and someone had that idea you know and i'm I'm thinking of all the other ways too that that project helped the kids themselves. Like we know that it helped the people that the shoes were going to, but the kids got to learn how to work together. They got to learn how to put their own, you know, thoughts and feelings aside for the good of other people. Um, They learned that, hey, maybe I have an idea. You know, if 10% of those kids came up with their own idea because of that project, that's changed, dude. Like that's, you know, It's so many, you can learn so many things. It is definitely number one about the people that you're helping. But you open up your heart and your mind, you can learn so much. Like you were saying earlier about how, you know, you can also get benefits. It's not just, you know, it can help in so many ways. Honestly, it's it's just, and I know a leader uh, really helped you growing up. And it takes that one or two people to trust in and to let them guide you. You know what I mean? Because I know that that made an impact for you as well growing up and probably why you were in the scouts and, you know, are now such a great leader. And you're such a, an inspiration to so many people, but somebody was there for you. And just like that, you're there for them. So the things that they can do based on that experience are, are countless, right?
1: Yeah. And it just like, I, I say this term loosely about count your blessings. Because again, I don't want to get trapped in that vortex. I keep saying that a lot. But um, the reason for that is, is you know, when we give and we give of ourselves, again, I don't want to give out of obligation. I want to give just because I can. But at the same time, I also don't want to forget the blessings that I've had. Even the simplest of ones. Because sometimes that becomes our why. I mean, part of the reason why my wife and I created Eagle Fire Enrichment was to help other leaders get through the obstacles and the struggles that they have based on what we've gone through. If I even just help just one person by giving to them and helping them, even just one person and they go out and help 10 who go out and help a hundred who go out and help a thousand live a better life or to get through their struggle faster. That doesn't mean, when I say help, I'm not saying like I'm just going to hold your hand and just say, okay, here's how this is done. Here's no, it's going to be a learnable, teachable moment. That's what I love about working with youth is things are so moldable and coachable when we give, and when adults do the same thing, the results and the possibilities are endless. And so to be able to take like what we're doing in our company and how we guide people, we know that they can go out and guide others well, just as what was done for us. That Boy Scout leader who looked at me and said, you need to throw all that out the window. First and foremost, I did not change right in that instant it's taken more. So yes, he was the start. And I don't even have contact with him really anymore. Not like I did back then, but I also have known other people who have still continued to pour into me, which gives me the chance to pour out. And I just think that's, that's why giving is loving.
0: Mm-hmm. It,
1: it, it's, it's, it's what you're called to do.
0: Thank you, Chris. Cause you know, Honestly, a, a huge thing for me for giving is giving hope. And that mm. doesn't have to cost anything either. You know, there's so many people around the world that don't have hope, that don't have um, any reason to get up in the morning, you know, and if we could um, convince and show them that every single life is important. And and I love when you talked about um, giving them the skill of running their own, you know, the entrepreneurship with the shoe project. Because from there they can now tend to a shop or start a shop or you know there's so many things involved in that teaching of that entrepreneurship and you were saying how to run the books and how to you know just organize things and so many lessons in there. Um, one thing I learned from going on my trip to Guatemala is I was told over and over and over by the people the Mayan families there that I met And the one thing they kept telling us was, we don't want people to come and give money. We want people Mm -hmm. to come from Canada and the States and Australia and England and teach us. Yes. Teach us the skills we need to keep our farms. Teach us the skills we need to use a computer. Teach us these things so that we can sustain, you know? I mean, money is great and things don't happen without any money. Mm-hmm. But I love that the, the skills they learned during that project. I think that is so important. And nothing makes somebody feel worth something when they feel worthless, that they have a skill. They have something to contribute. So that project is great for so many reasons. Thank you for sharing it with us.
1: Yeah, um, well, and I even look at my trip to the Bahamas that I took with uh, school. I actually didn't even know about it. It was through the art therapy program. Um, which I was not a major in, I was in clinical psychology and actually getting ready to switch to industrial organizational psychology, which is more business psychology. And I just happened to be chatting with a friend who knew my background in the church, knew my background in missions and, and understood my leadership abilities and said, you know what, I really think you need to come talk to the professor and just see if you're allowed to go or not. And so I was like, well, okay, why not? It, I mean, it's the Bahamas mm-hmm. and I get to help people. That's, that's pretty
0: win win, right? Pretty.
1: Yeah, that's a win win. And uh, so I went and we met with the professor. And uh, after we kind of talked, she said, you know what? She goes, if you can find a way to make it work, you can join the class. I'll approve it. Let's go. And so we went and I got to take Bradley, my oldest son, um, with me. And so A lot of people, when they picture the Bahamas, they immediately picture the resorts and the beaches. Mm. Okay. Well, that's, that's just a small, small part of of the entire area. And what was amazing about this trip? Yes, we got to go enjoy the resort life too, but we also were taken to a uh, quote unquote supermarket Mm. and we're given a certain amount of money to spend on some food beef over there is two to three times what it cost over here Milk uh, for those of you who don't know, I'm in Kansas milk was like eight nine dollars a gallon if not more Wow it's like two dollars over here I think I, I can't remember I've had to buy it for a couple of days but you know and, and this was ten years ago and so you know so we got to experience that and then after we did that they drove us through, one of the, the lowest income neighborhoods and to get water, they have to walk down to the corner and get it from a dirty pipe that's hooked up in the street, like a fire hydrant, so to speak, and then carry it back home, which that's a blessing because even a couple years before that, they didn't even have that. And we drove through this neighborhood and it was like, it was a whole nother world compared to what I was used to seeing. And so, for me, and this was aside from what we were already doing, I'll get to that here in a minute, but for me, it was just an eye-opener because if you Google the Bahamas, you don't see the hill. I, it, yeah, it was called the hill. When you see commercials, you see, when you see Nassau, which is where we were, you see the shopping district. You mm-hmm. see where the restaurants are. You don't get to interact with the people. You don't get to interact with the culture. You don't get to see the areas that are in the most need because you're only picturing the sandy white beaches. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with enjoying the things we've been given. But again, we got a chance to give back. And so what we were actually there to do was we worked with their uh, physical disabilities department. And uh, the the place we actually went to was uh, children with cerebral palsy. And uh, our art therapy program, uh, what we put together, we actually, as a class, uh, we were there for two weeks, Monday through Friday. We had to put together art projects that they would be able to do. Now, the idea that came from this was another professor um, who the, the two professors are best friends, um, but the one that wasn't with our school directly had been down there had gone to work there to do to do some mission project, and when they went to this facility, um, you know they didn't they don't have all the resources we do here, and one of the kids had no functional use of his hands and arms, and she did notice, however, though, how good he was with his feet. So she and she's an art person. She stuck a, um, I don't, it may have been a paintbrush, a marker, I, I don't remember for sure, in between his toes. And he started to color and draw. I'd never drawn a picture before. And the thing is, it wasn't just some scribbles on a page, he was doing shapes that they didn't even know he understood because he also had, um, you know, cognitive uh, disability as well. And so she said, got a hold of the other professor said, Hey, what do you think about putting together one of your groups and coming down here? And we did some of the simplest of things, just brought coloring books. Okay. It was so much more than that. And here's the thing. I'm not an art person. I am not artistic at all. And the professor looked at me and said, you're more artistic than you realize and actually showed me different things through art therapy of why it's so important. So then not only was i poured into by taking this class we got to go pour it back out this this young person after the original showing that he could draw uh got to i got to i got to beat him and he drew me a he drew he drew me drew bradley a car there's the thing i just said i'm not artistic I, i have full function he can draw a car better than i can with his feet having to look down at the floor from a seated position he drew a car for my son. And then we even took, uh, uh, the old, uh, you do the, the rocket on a string with a two liter bottle of pop. If you don't know what that is, you just, uh, have one, both ends are open you stick a string through it or two strings through it. And you pull from one end to the other. And when the strings separate, it sends the bottle across. Well, there was one student who was completely bedridden and was, uh, um, uh, they, they didn't know how much true cognition was there. And so we zipped the bottle across the crib that they laid in all day long. And the child knew what was going on. That bottle zipped across and the joy that came across this child's face
0: mm-hmm.
1: was just unreal. And it was just two strings and a two liter, empty two liter bottle of pop that most of us throw away. Um, we, uh, while we were there, we actually met someone who was, uh, a, uh, breathing therapist for lack of better term. And, you know, with some of the positions that these kids have to lay in and because they don't have all the access to, to like a breathing therapist, respiratory therapist, uh, there was a, a, a wedge that we were using as a ramp for bowling. Okay. For the kids to, they would. Uh, my son would hold the ball at the top of the ramp, and they would be able to come up in their wheelchairs and hit it with their feet or with their hand, whatever they could, and knock down the pins. Well, the respiratory therapist came in. He goes, "Just so you guys know, that's not a ramp." He goes, "This is supposed to go under people who are bedridden because they didn't have, you know, the bed lifts that that a hospital uses." And so they, so we uh, were able to pick up the student or the the child that was laid down flat all day long and sit this child up using the ramp that we were using for bowling, right? No one knew none of us. knew. And he came just out of giving to his heart. We met him on the beach and our professors just got to chatting with him. He let, uh, he had a pair of goggles and let Bradley go swim over to a little reef using his goggles and get to see the different fish under the water. But he had this giving heart, this giving spirit. And, uh, our professors were telling him what we were doing. He goes, well, we're here for a couple days. And we just, he goes, I, he goes, I'm done. He goes, we were down here just to screw around for a couple of days. Cause we can afford to do so. He goes, no, he goes, we're going to do more. He goes, what do I need to do to get involved and come help out? Because he knew because what he did medically professionally, he knew uh, what could be done. And so we went and he toured the facility and said, just so you know, you already have what you need. This is how you use it. So we were able to educate the workers that were there. And then they got involved and their joy in the giving of what they were doing changed. I mean, they were up and helping with the, the rockets and the coloring and, and the stickers and, and, and singing songs. And, and we were doing different dances and we taught them different songs that had hand and feet motions, clapping motions and, and things like that. And, and just the whole time, not only are you, yes, you're in this beautiful paradise, but you're also impacting their community at the same time. And then they took us to all the local businesses where we could truly uh, be involved with the community and just just give back to a place that, again, normally everyone just sees the resorts. They see uh, Atlantis. Um, you know, they, they see the water. They see being able to go out on the boat and just a few blocks inland.
0: Mm.
1: There's places where they don't have They're not even able to go to the ocean and they live there. And here we were just a simple thing of propping a kid up in bed on a wedge that we thought was just a toy. It wasn't, it was actually, it was an actual piece of equipment. It was just a foam wedge. Got that under that child. And they were able to sit up and see more of what was going on, not just looking back and forth, trying to find out what was going on. But because of another student Seeing an ability in me and saying, I think you would benefit from this. I think they would benefit from you being there. We got to go. And then I was given the opportunity. They brought in uh, local government officials. They brought in the local newspaper, wrote up a full article on what we were doing. And it brought more awareness to what can be done and what could be done. Cause there was still so much in the, in the time we were there. I mean, even just meeting that respiratory therapist for, you know, a couple of days, he was only able to come for a couple of hours, but that couple of hours changed so many things and brought so much awareness to them. And if we would only have been there for just the paradise feel of it, I wouldn't have this story. I wouldn't have this opportunity. I also wouldn't be able to take the things that I learned. I've reapplied that now here in the States. I've reapplied that in other places I've gone where people say, oh, we don't have this. We don't have that. Well, do you drink pop? Yeah. Do you drink it out of a two liter or a plastic bottle? Yeah. Do you have some string? Yeah. Watch this. So it's, it's the simplicity of, I, I couldn't write a check for what they needed down there to bring in the extra professionals that need to be brought in but I could show them different ways of doing things. I could help out for a week. I mean, we also alleviated caretaker stress. Mm -hmm. Just like we did at the shoe project, instead of the person who's supposed to be setting up more businesses and setting up the missionaries that are out there, instead of that person spending eight hours of the day separating shoes, we were able to alleviate that. And so when we can give, when we can set up these projects, we're fulfilled, others are fulfilled, and the world just becomes a better place. And that's not some optimistic cheerleader, rah, rah, re dreamer speech, that's reality. It's it's a true smile of the heart.
0: Oh, Chris, there are so many things about that story I could talk about. Um, you know, st- thank you for doing all of that. And, and it just, I don't know. You know, it's things like that. I love talking about it. You know, it fills my heart, right? Because, uh, with hope too, for for so many things. But even just starting with with the child, um, with CP and the drawing with his, with his feet. You know, um, not only was he able to do something so beautiful, but he could express himself. Absolutely. It's like, I think sometimes there are so many people um, who have uh, medical conditions that just want to express themselves and show what they can do and their feelings. And just based on even if he hadn't been a good artist, just the fact that he could show through the colors and the shapes and everything, um, how he was feeling. um, That is huge. I can't imagine being in a body where you cannot express yourself. So just that story, I was like, you know, <laughs> just, <laughs> oh, I'm telling you, sorry, I got, you know, I'm led by my heart all the time and I can't hold it in. But mm. okay. So no need to apologize for that. Right?
1: No. Yeah.
0: But when you were talking about that, um, cause I know people in that situation just to be able to express yourself crazy and the wedge, the elevation, you know, It's just like, I matter. Like that Mm -hmm. child who was lying down. Mm -hmm. These people, you know, here I am day after day and here comes somebody with a new idea. It doesn't mean that, you know, you guys came up with this very expensive lift that could help him get up. It was the idea of using things in different ways. Use Mm -hmm. what you have available. And just those stories, they, they mean so much just to listen to them. I can't imagine what it was like being there for you. Um, Yeah, it's just so important that we learn from from each other's stories, because um, somebody will take something away from what you just said and say, hey, I have an idea. You know, there's somebody down the road for me. There's somebody or even people who, you know, people who make these commercials for Atlantis and people who, you know, are in the tourism industry. Why not Advertise, come to Atlantis and this the money you spend here on tourism, this is where it's going. Mm -hmm. And show both sides. Don't hide those things. You know, come, but in the same time, you're impacting this community three blocks down the road by coming and spending money in Bahamas. Come and stay at the beach, but this is what your money is, you know, and maybe those companies can take part of that and, and, you know, make a change a few blocks down the road. Like there's so many things that can be done. I think, I don't think that would distract from people going to these places. I think that people would be like, Hey, yeah, I want to support this cause. If I go to this place in the Bahamas, as opposed to this place, I know that this hotel will give back part of what I'm spending as opposed to that. Why not put that in in the industry as well? Like there's just so many things that can be done. So I really, really, um, I'm excited to hear those stories. Thank you for sharing them with me.
1: Yeah. Well, it just, um, you know, that started reminding me of another one that, uh, we went to um, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and uh, we were in an area that just impoverished Mm. and they sent us to a, it was a a soup kitchen and uh, you know, the the workers there were overworked and the people coming in, you know, some had an attitude of gratitude. Some just had an attitude. And so, um, you know, but we set things up in such a fashion, I have a restaurant background and I saw how they were doing some things. And I said, Hey, I said, I'm not trying to take over because I'm only here for like a couple of days. I'm the outsider, so to speak. I said, but do you mind if I offer a couple of suggestions that I personally think might speed some things up? And they're like, we're all ears. And uh, you know, so I took an experience that I had and turned it into a nuance for them. And I said, if you just switch, it was a couple things, I remember what it was, but it was simple. I said, and then you set up this person over here, because what I started to do, and this is what I, I do in leadership is find what people's strengths are. You know, if, if my strength isn't being able to write a check, then I'll write the check. There's nothing wrong with that. If my strength isn't being able to use my hands or my mind or a A shovel or knowing how to operate uh machinery um or driving around a van full of water creating art projects whatever your strength is expose those work on those well i noticed they had um one person i saw them uh they had them prepping the vegetables cutting them up things like that to make vegetable stew i think it was and this person was really pretty slow at it and it seems like such a simple task but I don't know if they were afraid to, you know, to cut themselves or, or what it, what, maybe their hands don't allow that, that function. And then, uh, I saw one person run over and go, we got to get caught up. And they grabbed the vegetables and just went to town on it. I was like, well, why is that person over there? Yeah. Yeah. Let's just, and, and I did, I switched like two people and, uh, I moved a couple things here and there and it worked. Thank, thank god it worked because i was like man if i just messed it up i would feel horrible but I, at the same time too it was also kind of one of those things where i was like i don't think i could make this worse not that it was bad yes but just that just that trepidation that well if this doesn't work i could mess it all up but i didn't but because we did that it sped things up so fast in the kitchen that we were done and our our I coordinator did. yeah well, we still had we still had hours to go and the coordinator came over to me and said um I don't know what to do with you. (laughs) I'm like, you're not the first person to tell me that. Uh, (laughs) Poor wife. Uh, Anyways, uh, but uh, I said, well, I said, what else do you guys need? What needs to be done here, around here? They said, well, you know, uh, a while back, someone had an idea to create a uh, a vegetable garden and uh, a tree orchard, apple orchard, up on top of the hill out there. But, you know, it kind of became overgrown uh we had some tools donated to us but some of us don't know how to use them Mm -hmm. and it was something as simple as and i say simple i don't i don't mean that disrespectfully as as a weed eater for me that's pretty simple i'm used to using things like that but they didn't even they didn't know how to run it um because the one person who did moved left something i can't remember and so i said well i said let's i said let's do a couple things so one let me teach you guys how to use it Mm -hmm. two i'm wearing pants tomorrow I said, what do you mean? I said, I'm put on jeans because I'm going to need them because the grass, just the grass itself was four feet tall in there. Wow. They couldn't even get to the vegetables and it was all growing, but they'd have to crawl over it. Was, it was, it was, they didn't have the time. Then they also down towards the bottom of the hill, cause they were letting the watershed come down the hill. They also had box gardens. Well, we had some that weren't able to use a weed eater. We had some that could. But we also had some that we actually had a a lady with us, uh, an elderly lady, who um, worked as hard as all get out. She had a heart of gold. And as soon as she found out, which she loved gardening, she had the green thumb. I don't. um, I'm good at tearing it down. Um, She goes, I know how to fix this. I said, okay. So myself and a couple of older people, um, older adults and kids went up and started just going to town on the tree orchard. Getting it cleaned out. Well, I couldn't stop there. The whole hill needed cleaned up. So we cleaned up the whole hill. And then while we were doing that, those that liked being at the box gardens stayed down at the the raised box gardens and cleaned those out and then showed them, here's the best way to keep the weeds down. Here's the type of stuff that if you have access to it and they are like, well, yeah, we can get this, 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 and this. She goes, that's all you need. They already had irrigation run to it, but it wasn't working right. So we fixed that. So, and that was just a couple of days, but if we didn't have that giver's heart, that giver spirit, that may never have been done. So it's just another example of what we can do. I know this is my story to everyone listening. I know this is my story. I'm not the only one. Don't let me sound like I'm just like, this is not narcissism. I'm not being selfish in this. I'm saying this so you will understand we are all gifted. We all have talents. We all have treasures we've been given that we can give back and some. And so, and when we can do that, like I said, it's just these simple things of someone else saw that hope and realized, Ooh, I can take care of that. Yeah. I was in charge of uh, grilling the meat but found out i was faster at cutting carrots so what do we do we just switch those two so don't don't let your one don't let your ideas get shed away um, or don't be the person that tries to shed those those ideas away but at the same time have this heart set to helping others and if you're sitting here going well i don't know what to do I don't know who I can help. You know what? There's always Google. There's always your local churches, local charities, food kitchens, soup kitchens, uh, clothing donation centers. Um, you know, uh, th- or what are you passionate about? Nelia, what are you passionate about? What do you love?
0: I want people to be seen. I, for me, yeah, it's, it's, it, it is music, but I want people to feel like they're not invisible. That's my thing.
1: And so what's Nelia doing? She creates a podcast out of her heart to give back. This is time, folks. And she's having to step out of her box and be a leader and ask people to come on to her podcast. And then she's got to edit it. And then she's got to put it out there. And then she's got to be on social media. This is all her time. She's got the ukulele project where she said herself, She didn't necessarily have all the money for the instruments. So what did she do? She started fundraising. And she went down there and they taught it. And so now you've got people who not only get to hear music, but get to play it. They get to be a part of it. Okay. I've been a part of projects where now they know that you don't have to go to the store and buy coloring books. If you've got boxes which they did, they had boxes. I was like, hey, you've got scissors, you've got boxes, you've got crowns, cut the boxes up, there's your paper. Beautiful. You got, I've got someone sitting right over here drinking out of a two liter bottle of pop. I know you can find some street. It can be done. Okay, yes, there are, there are those out there that are just doing these multi-billion, billion dollar projects. And in some cases, we're, we're able to send some money that way and help out with that. But even those projects started with just an idea. Mm. It started with someone going, you know what? I am passionate about people having clean water, but we're not able to get bottled water from the store over here. So what do we do? We build a, a, a canister that creates a natural filtration system that they can build themselves. So not only... Are we gonna be able to get these materials here? They already have them and now they're gonna be able to do it themselves and teach the next generation how to have clean water. All filtering it through sand and dirt and some other things that they have access to. and And now they can build it themselves and train the next generation. Now this entire village, this entire community has clean water. Whatever your it is, get started. Even if it's the smallest idea, get started.
0: Chris, you're amazing. Yeah. Honestly, you know, and I'm thinking back to what you said about the vegetables, you know, sometimes these are things that are common sense to us here in in Canada and the States and you know. Yeah. But if you don't know what your gift gift is, just you know what? Even without an idea, I challenge people to go to a third world country. As soon as you arrive there, you will see what is needed. Uh-huh. Within an hour of you arriving there, you will be touched by so many different people. You will see what is lacking. You will see the big things, but you will also see the small things that you can do. And your gifts will become apparent just like that.
1: Absolutely. And and it'll shine. It'll shine because, again, my hope, my hope in this and the hope that I want to share the light is that you'll do it from the heart. Mm. Don't do it out of that vortex of, well, I have to do something because Chris is doing something or Nellie is doing something. Do it from your heart. I'm not saying don't go do anything just because we said to do it. Yes. What I'm saying is, is do it from the heart. When it's something you're passionate about and it's something you know you can do, that's going to open up the door. That's going to open up the opportunity. That's going to be the baby step leading to a giant leap. I'm not an artist. That professor actually finally set me down and gave me a, a mandala and stuck a crown in front of me and said, Start coloring. I honestly didn't want to. I was like, No, I'm just here to listen. No, you're not. You want to pass this class? You want to go to the Bahamas? You're going to color. Mm. And I said, oh, Okay. So I kind of started to color it and I was being really careful and trying to stay in the lines and be exact. And she goes, Is that how you color? No. She goes, color it. I just went to town on this thing. She goes, okay. She goes, now I know where you're at. She goes, let me guess. When you were a kid, you were told you have to color in the lines. You have to fill out the whole sheet of paper. I said, oh yeah. I used to get in trouble all the time as a kid in school because when I colored, I colored the sky at the top of the page because the sky is at the top of the world. I didn't see it from my artistic perspective view of kind of the panoramic view of filling in the rest of the background of the sky the sky is just at the top and but i they would force me to do it you've got to fill in the rest of, of your picture blue because that's the rest of the skies no the sky's up above us that was what i was in knowing how many times i've heard that so she goes okay guys time out she goes chris doesn't fully understand what art therapy is i didn't <laughs> of course I got laughed at because I was the only one in there that didn't and she gave us all three mandalas uh, for you guys don't know what a mandala is it's just it's a bunch of geometric shapes put together um, uh, for the sake of description kind of like a flower um, but you can color it however you want and it can be very therapeutic so um, but she she gave us three of them and then gave us a box of crowns and the assignment was One page had to be something in coloring. You had to picture something that made you happy. Mm. You had to picture something that made you angry and something that made you sad. Mm. So we spent our time coloring. And she said, okay, push the tables away. Go sit on the floor. And she took all of them, basically shuffled the pieces of paper like a deck of cards, turned them upside down, and picked one over and said, whose is this? And ironically enough, it was mine. And it was my angry one. And uh, I just sat there and went, how'd you guys know that? They said, Chris, that's totally you. So we flipped over another one and it was someone else and it was their happy one. Out of the uh, seven or eight students, I'd have to recount later, but uh, we only missed two. Hmm. We missed two. And so then now I had this whole new perspective on what art is. So when I went to the Bahamas to work with the kids and the staff and we got to see that expression, it wasn't just that young man. There were so many other kids that, I mean, we brought coloring books that they'd never seen before. And we were able to teach from that. And then they were able to express themselves in ways that we would have never have known. Music's the same way. We have different styles of music because we have different stories in our lives. We have different meanings to different things, different impact. I'm, I'm not a guitar player. I, I, I do want to learn the ukulele though, um, but that's not necessarily my gift. So what my gifts are, are my strengths. And so go out and find those and get passionate about them and take it to the world. We will make this world a better place and it's, it just, it starts simplistically with an idea of, you know what? I like this, you're not going to be the only one. I promise you there's 8 billion people in the world. You're not going to be the only one. There's a reason why we have multiple things in the world to pick from. Cause we're not the only ones. I mean, go to the store look at how many different bottles of ranch there are. Mm. Okay. We are a diversified culture that can learn to work together. And honestly, and I'm just gonna steal the title of the show, Giving Starts With You.
0: <laughs> Chris, you're, I know I've said this so many times, but um, you you are, I don't know, you're, you're just incredible. Like just the feeling on my face, maybe you can see how, much <laughs> I enjoy but you know, thank you for everything that you're doing um, with your work and all these stories that you express to us. And for taking all of your heart and putting it into your coaching business, because as you guys can tell by watching him and listening to him, he's passionate about what he does. He does not waste time doing things he does not enjoy. You know, life is just so short. And, you know, I just wanted to share with the audience as well that there are so many, yes, the benefits of giving, um, there are so many that benefit other people. But I also just did, um, a little reminder card that I created about all the benefits for yourself that you get back. So mm-hmm. if anybody wants a copy of that, you can just email me um, at info at travel live, give, and I'll happily send it to you. Um, there are many benefits that you may not realize um, for yourself. And this is one of the things that connected me with giving back. Honestly, when I first started a few years ago, it was a selfish thing. I did it because it made me feel worth something. Um, You know, so sometimes it can be that for me as well, honestly, um, because it helps me as well as the other person. So that's why I created that guide, because I do want people to see that it changes others. But like Chris and I were talking about it, so, you know, it helps anger issues. It helps so many things for yourself as well. There's it, everybody wins. Honestly, there is nothing negative about no. giving back unless you do it because you have to. And that's, you know, one point that Chris made so well, because it's so true and nobody should give out of, um, you know, the feeling that you have to, right. Cause it's not giving at that point. It really isn't. Chris, where can we find you? Where can we check out your leadership? You know, I know that you just had a summit a little while ago. And you were just um, speaking, you had a challenge um, on Facebook. And I was a part of that. And I learned so much from you. Um, I think that you've got a lot of great leadership qualities that you can definitely teach people. And you're so you. humble in what you do, but honestly, you are fantastic. So if people want to work with you, learn from you, just listen to more stories, where can they find you, Chris?
1: I, uh, uh my primary driver is uh, social media. So Instagram at Tice or LinkedIn is just my name, Chris Tice or Facebook, Chris Tice. Those are probably the fastest ways to get to me. And then of course I have my Eagle Fire pages as well. Um, but if you just go to those personal pages, you can link in from anywhere there. Uh, I'll be continuing to do challenges and summits and speaking engagements um, as they come up. Uh, I, I do uh, in-person where allowed and where it can be safely done, given uh, for those of you that aren't listening currently, we're still a part of the COVID pandemic right now. And of course, virtual. Um, Yeah. So just, just look up my name and uh, connect with me. Send me a message. If you're struggling, let me know. Um, We can set up something beyond that or just to hear. Yeah. Like Nellie said, just to hear the stories, just to hear the messages. Um, I mean, the reason why my uh, username for Instagram is at Tyson Spires, that's what I'm here to do. I want to create a positive influence for massive impact. So everyone will live inspired, healthier lifestyles.
0: Yeah, I don't have people on the show that I don't um, know that the listeners cannot learn from. And I don't Mm -hmm. have people on the show that I don't believe in, and I don't believe in their message. And I've had Chris on now twice, so that tells you how much I love him Mm -hmm. and what Mm -hmm. he's doing. Um, Yeah, for lack of a better word, you know, I so appreciate you. And I am so happy that you came on, I think you know, people are really going to listen to this today and realize, Hey, I can do this. I can do this. This is how simple it could be. This is how something as easy as changing people's roles, you know, like the gentleman that was cutting the person that was cutting the vegetables, how things can be so much more streamlined. And the thing, the gifts that we have, we don't notice until we're outside of our element. And we go into societies Mm. and into communities that don't have that. And it's so clear. And it's like, why didn't they think of this? So they need people like you and and, um, to come in and teach the skills, you know, so that like, imagine that garden that you helped with, like, it's not just cleaning out the grass and clearing out the area, like we were Mm -hmm. talking about, right? And it's probably a thriving garden. And so many people have a purpose now. They go there, they build, they can see things growing. They can feed, like it just, you know, make a, okay. So make like a, get a sheet of paper, write down an activity in the middle, okay? And around that, think of all of the things that have been affected. Even like with Chris's, with his stories, if you haven't had a project yourself. So even this garden, you could probably name 20, things easily that have been affected Mm -hmm. since they were able to pull up their sleeves and clean out that area? How many things can you list that have changed because of that one thing? You know, think about that. Think about the impact. As givers, we don't normally see the impact down the road. We do our thing, we leave, we move on to the next thing. Um, Because we don't live there, we don't see it, but you can imagine it. You can oh, yeah. imagine the things that happen. And the more you do it, the more you have to do it. It becomes a part of who you are. And it just, you can't see your life without it, you know?
1: Well, and you know what? If, if we want to talk simplistically and and folks, I'm not just talking about this episode, share this podcast, <laughs> share Nelia, share her, share her content. She's giving of herself and her heart in this. And I mean, I've listened to every episode and not just because, not just because I've been on here, um, but because <laughs> of the incredible stories and people. And here's the thing, folks, she's worldwide. She's had Canada, the States, um, the UK, um, Australia, Singapore. you know, so uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's incredible. And it just, it started with a simple idea of, okay, what can I do? What can I do? Cause you can do something. Share this episode, share the other episodes, go back and listen to them all. Um, Because you never know if, if this episode specifically may not reach you exactly the way you think it does, but maybe others do share them, share them anyways, because there could be that other person who does, or that other person who's struggling. Maybe it's as simple as smiling every time you go to the store, even when you don't want to. Giving the person at the register a smile, I promise you, can change their life. And that's simple and it's free. It's a smile.
0: Giving, yeah, it can be free. And you know, this. I made this show not about me. And you're right, Chris. It is so, every single person um, that I have had on, I have heard feedback of people who have been helped. Um, whether it's somebody who's suffered abuse or addiction, there's Mm. so many different things that we talk about here. And honestly, at the end of the day, I just want people to feel um, that they're validated, that people are listening to them, that they're not invisible, that they're being heard. So I do appreciate you listening, you know, and you are one of my biggest supporters. So thank you so much Mm. for all the kind things that you said. I really appreciate it. And yes, if you guys share it, you know, other people can be impacted by by the guests on here because they are amazing and phenomenal. And it's not easy. It's not easy to come on a show and talk about some of the things that people talk about when they come on here. It is not easy um, to, admit things it is not easy to admit when we are wrong it is not easy to admit that we have we have issues we all have problems you know it's not easy to to tell some of these stories and um I'm so honored that people have come on here and have trusted the show enough to be able to be vulnerable and and to speak from the heart because every single person I have had on has been that way so Mm. thank you Chris so much for coming on and um I'm going to continue to support you as much as I can. If there's anything you need, you let me know, okay?
1: <laughs> Likewise. Thank you for being the incredible leader that you are.
0: Oh, you're sweet.
1: And what you're doing.
0: Thank you so much. And I learned a lot. Can't wait to connect with you again.
1: Absolutely. Anytime. Let me know.
0: Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode. If you enjoyed what you heard, please subscribe or leave a review. See you next week on the Giving Starts With You podcast.